Hey friends, I wanna welcome you here today uh, as we prepare our hearts to worship the Lord together. We are scattered across cities and states, but we are unified around Jesus. That is the unifying factor in our lives. We are here to praise the Lord together because he is worthy of it. And so over the next hour, we're gonna have opportunity to praise and worship through song, through prayer, through the study of the scriptures. And it's just gonna be such a great and powerful time of worship together. I am so glad that you are here. Now, we are entering into the second weekend of the Advent season. Uh, last weekend, we kicked things off by lighting the hope candle. And this week, we're gonna continue the journey uh, through the Advent wreath by lighting the peace candle. And we'll do that in a moment. But to prepare our hearts to get ready for that, I'd like to share a scripture from Isaiah chapter 42, verse 16. Listen to the words of the Lord. I will lead the blind by a road they do not know, by paths they have not known. I will guide them. And listen to this. I will turn the darkness before them into light, the rough places into level ground. These are the things I will do and I will not forsake them. Friends, we know we're we're living in a time with heightened anxiety and confusion and division. And, And we need the peace of Jesus to just wash over us. We need it desperately in this season. And I love that statement. Did you catch that statement in Isaiah where it talks about the rough places will turn into level ground. It will smooth out. And I'm convinced that the peace of Jesus helps us with that. The light of of Christ helps with that because, you know, he gives us what we need in order to endure, in order to move forward. It's not so much that he smooths out the circumstances in our lives, but he gives us what we need to take obedient steps forward. So we need the peace of Jesus. So with that in mind, I wanna just invite you, uh, wherever you're at, to light your light of the world candle that was found in the Heritage Advent Kits, or if you've made a homemade Advent wreath, you can light the peace candle. But we're gonna light this candle together right now. And then I want us to pray together, come, Lord Jesus, be our light and salvation. Let us walk in your peace. Yeah. 
God loved the world so much he sent his son to save us means we have the very peace of Jesus with us. His peace, the shalom peace of God that throughout the scriptures is a restoring peace, setting right what is wrong, offering justice, offering wholeness where there's brokenness, and even helping us to walk in the fulfillment of the hope we learned about last week. I don't know about you, but I know in my own life, and I'm pretty sure in yours as well, there's some space where you're looking for peace, a space of brokenness or challenge, of concern or pain, where you need the restoring shalom peace of Jesus to, to kind of soak into the cracks and bring you back into fullness of life. And so I'm going to invite you in this moment as we prepare our hearts for prayer, to, to just reflect on where it is that you need to receive the peace that Jesus brings. Where you are asking to experience him in overwhelming fullness. And as you have that thing, maybe it's a need at work or a need for employment, something going on in your family or in your body or in the world around you. As you have that thing in mind, I invite you to just kind of hold it there in your mind's eye as we pray this prayer together, asking God to give us his peace in its fullness. So would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, 
Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Thank you for caring for us. And thank you for promising to give us your peace. Please guard our hearts and minds with your peace. You know the things that have been weighing us down, things that have been weighing us down with worry and anxiety, fear. Lord, please help us to fix our minds on you instead and on your spirit. Thank you for promising to bring us life and peace. Your word reminds us we can lie down and sleep, Lord, because you make us safe. Help us to rest and sit in that safe place today. Father, Son, and Spirit, we pray these things with confidence. Amen. You were the word at the beginning. One with God, the Lord most high. Your hidden glory in creation. Now revealed in you are Christ. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a beautiful name it is Nothing compares to this What a beautiful name it is The name of Jesus You didn't want heaven without us So Jesus, you
Hey everyone, now that we've stepped into December, we're running at full steam towards Christmas. And this is the time where many of us put up our Christmas trees and other Christmas decorations. And whether you put up a real tree or an artificial one, they both have value and there are pros and cons to both. But in our home, we begin decorating the day after Thanksgiving. And I have to tell you, my wife Beth is a master decorator. I try to stay out of the way, I try to be helpful, and I try not to complicate anything. Because once all the decorations are up and all the lights are on, the anticipation of the Christmas celebration is clearly on the horizon in our household. But I have to tell you, we do use an artificial tree that for the last few years has had a few problems with some lights not working. Now, it is one of those stay lit trees, which apparently are also stay unlit trees, if you know what I mean. And I love Christmas and I love my wife and I don't mind working to fix the problem. This is a picture of me doing that even here. Even if I don't know where to look, what to look for, or what to do, I'm willing to work towards fixing it. But it's incredibly frustrating when a stay lit tree doesn't stay lit, that is. When it doesn't do what it's supposed to do or be what it's supposed to be. Now, I realize I'm not the only one to have some frustration or problems with Christmas lights at this time of year. And I also realize that there are other things in life more significant, more frustrating, more disappointing than Christmas lights. And those things all combined together can be a big letdown in a season that is supposed to be marked by hope and peace and joy and love. But the reality of Advent is we can have and we can lay hold of hope and peace and joy and love, no matter the circumstances. In fact, I just want you to consider the words of Paul, who he wrote these to the church in Rome, and it's in Romans 15, verse 13. Just just check this out. He said, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's pretty crystal crystal clear here that we can have hope. We can lay hold of hope and we can have it in abundance. And if if we know where to look, what to look for, and what to do with what we see. In fact, I encourage you to go ahead and check out last week's message uh, to get a bit more understanding about hope. Because what we're talking about today applies to hope, but that's not all it applies to. What we're, what we're actually looking at also applies to peace and joy and to love. See, the God of all hope, Paul says, gives joy and peace as we trust. Trust is actually an expression of love. And all of that leads to overflowing hope regardless of circumstances. Advent is a season where we can all have and know hope and peace and joy and love, filled to overflowing. It's a beautiful season, and it's a beautiful opportunity and invitation. See, we kicked off our Advent journey last week, again, by looking at hope. And it's the hope that we have in the reality that Jesus came, and he's coming again. It's great. It's wonderful. But that reality puts us in a space in between. And being in between is not always easy. Between what was and what will be, between what's now and not yet, That can be a difficult space, even though we know the best is still yet to come. Waiting can be hard. Yet there is still an invitation to be present in the now, to lay hold of hope now. Not just to survive, 
but to actually thrive. And if we're going to thrive in this life, it requires more than hiding from trouble or just holding desperately on to whatever we can. Advent is a space to lay hold of hope, but it's not just a season to to have hope in difficult times. It's also a time to lay hold of peace and joy and love. All four of these are part of what it means to celebrate Christmas. It's part of what it means to celebrate the arrival of Jesus. But to have any of these requires us to know where to look, what to look for, and what to do with what we see. See, despite my high hopes for my Christmas tree, we all know that true and lasting hope or peace or joy are not found in Christmas trees. Uh, Just ask Rockefeller, the now famous owl who hitched a ride into New York City on what will be the Christmas tree in the Rockefeller Plaza. Maybe you heard about his story that he hid in the branches of that tree. He was hiding from trouble. But the problem with Rockefeller is he's hiding in his space looking for something he couldn't get from a thing that couldn't give it. That tree would not provide him what he ultimately was seeking. Because true and lasting hope, true and lasting peace and joy and love are not found in his tree or any Christmas tree at all. Those four things come from God. They, they come from God anywhere, anytime, even in the most complicated, challenging, and disappointing circumstances we may face in life. Now we're going to dig deeper into joy and love as we continue in our Advent journey, but what I want to do today is to focus down in on peace, a peace that passes understanding, a peace that moves beyond what we know, what we can see, what we experience. You see, because a true and lasting peace is not found in the absence of trouble, but in the presence of Jesus. Peace that is true and lasting is not found in the absence of trouble, but in the presence of Jesus. It's not found in wishful thinking or clinging to the branches of lost dreams or plans. It's found in a decision to trust, to hide or rest, if you will, in the right places, in the right things. It's not found in hiding from trouble, but resting in Jesus. See, when we rest in him, when when we abide or remain in Jesus Christ, and we receive what he actually offers, we have nothing to lose and everything to gain. In fact, let's just take a look at how we know this. And if you've got a Bible, you can turn with me to the Gospel of John, uh, New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. We're going to be in John chapter 1. And this is an opportunity for us to understand the fullness of what Jesus offers and the fullness of what we can have in any and every season. A space of peace, a space of hope, a space of joy and love, all of it combined together. And so we're going to be in John chapter 1. And at the beginning of this book is kind of an introduction that explains who Jesus was, what he did, and how we can respond to him. And, and the author of this book, John, is actually describing what Jesus has already said about himself. What he tells us about Jesus is really what Jesus has already said. But let's take a look at this because this is uh, starting with verse 3. John chapter 1. Through him, and that's Jesus. In this section of the scriptures, Jesus is referred to as the word. uh, And it's talking about who he is and what he did. So through Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. 
That's a very interesting reality. Jesus, as an uncreated being, as divine, as the Son of God, he existed before all things, and by him all things were created. That's, that's incredible. It's, it's amazing, if you would, to understand who he is. Now you say, are we sure about that? Absolutely. John tells us that here, but Paul also alludes to it in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. You can write that down, Colossians 1, verse 16. He tells us that Jesus created all things. He can, he did. Because, listen, verse 4, because in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The darkness has not understood it, if you will. Now, we all face trouble. We we face hardship and disappointment in life. It's really just one of the realities of living life in this world. Yet in each of those spaces, Jesus offers life and light. He is the source of life. Uh, not just physical life, but the essence of life itself. The Greek word used here for life is zoe, and it means absolute fullness of life. It's not the word bios, which speaks to biological life or physical life. It's, it's more than that. It, it's not just some life, it's not just a little bit of life, but all life. And that life was the light of all mankind, all humanity, literally and figuratively. And notice that John doesn't say Jesus has life and light or contains life and light. He actually says Jesus is life and light. He is. Now to appreciate I think the full extent of what that means, light and life, it might help just to think about the opposite of light and life, which would simply be darkness and death. See, if Jesus is the source of light and life, then without him, all we're left with is darkness and death. That's why his coming is so important. It's why it's so transformative. And it's why he can say in John chapter 14, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. See, Jesus, the, the life and light, gives peace. He gives his peace. But you've got to understand, peace is, is not just a feeling. It's a gift. It's something to be received, not just achieved. I mean, the reality is, we can want to feel peace, and that's okay. We, we each can feel a level of peace. We want that. But it's less of a feeling and more of a decision. When life doesn't turn out the way we expected, when, when it is darker or less desirable than we had hoped, we have a choice in those moments, and we can have peace in him and from him who is himself life and light. You know, one of the unique things about Jesus was that during his time on earth, he asked a lot of questions. He, in fact, he he asked a lot more questions than he ever answered. He only answered a few questions. The Bible records his questions, more than 300 of them. Some of them are repeated, but he answers only three, just three. And you may want to look into that later. We may do that even as a church at some point. But just simply understanding that having more questions, offering more questions than, than answers actually fits into who he was. Because when we look at his life, when we look at his interactions, we, we look at his journey on earth and his purpose for coming in the first place, Jesus gives himself as the answer. He gives himself as the answer, as, as life and light. He, he consistently gave himself as the answer to questions, our questions. 
especially when it comes to the issues of hope and joy and peace and love. You know, another way to think about this is that nothing is truly understood until we understand it in the light and life of Jesus. We need his light and life to understand the things that we experience and to ultimately have peace. This is so important. We actually, it's why we need to receive him and we need to receive his peace, the peace that he gives. Not try to achieve it, but simply receive it. He gives it to those who live in him and trust in him, as scripture says. Now you may be thinking, well, is it really that easy? It can't be that easy. Eh, It actually is. In fact, it's so simple. We can have the peace of God through a conversation, through prayer. See, when, when life doesn't go as planned, when we end up in places we didn't think we would go or places we ever wanted to be, when our hiding places are discovered, we can actually pray and have his peace in that moment. I recently read something, and I don't even know who to attribute it to, but they said that, that in prayer, we have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And they're right. In fact, as we think about the importance of prayer as a means of accessing God's peace, it begins to become really accessible. We go back to scripture for a moment, and this is going to be actually in Philippians chapter 4. Again, this is something that that Paul wrote, and it's starting at verse 6 in Philippians 4. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Okay, that's some pretty good basic stuff. But here's the kicker, verse 7 then you will experience God's peace. You will experience God's peace. Not that you might experience God's peace, but that you actually will experience his peace, which he goes on to say exceeds anything we can understand. It it passes our understanding. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus, in an active, ongoing relationship with God through Jesus. My friends, we can have peace upon peace in any trouble, in any circumstances, when we live in Christ, when we trust him, when we take our trouble to him, we thank him for what he's done. Peace is not found in the absence of trouble, but in the presence of Jesus. And and this reality is really positioning us to consider right now in this space where you and I look for peace, uh, where we find light and life in this world. Hope, peace, joy, and love, they exist. They're available. And we can have his peace in any, in any, any and every dynamic. But the question is, do you have it? If not, why not? And if you have some level of peace, where is it coming from? Because it's not, if it's not coming from God, it is some lesser form of the peace that he offers. His peace that passes understanding. You know, I don't know about you, but for me and my family, Christmas is a bit of a mixed bag. Just the reality of lost loved ones, uh, distance from loved ones, disappointments in this year, especially in 2020, all of that can start to just build some frustration, some anxiety, even just some despairing in this season. But in Jesus, we have a choice to receive what he gives us as we rest in him or We can clamor for something lesser as we try to hide from trouble in the branches of our life. You know, there are no owls in our Christmas tree at our house, but on occasion there has been a cat or two. You may have noticed in that first picture, 
my buddy Murphy. See, Murphy considers every Christmas tree a jungle gym. And he looks at every ladder as that, as a ladder to climb. And he loves to get into things. And he loves to hide. And he loves to play. And when we play, he loves to hide in all kinds of places. But he's not very good at it. He kind of hides like a two-year-old. When he hides, his, his tail and body can be sticking out and he thinks he's not seen. He hides just like a two-year-old. He does it very poorly when he tries to hide. And I think the truth is, you and I do the same. When we try to hide from trouble, when we even try to hide from God, we can do it poorly. <laughs> or we can hide in Him properly. And we can find peace that passes understanding. See, peace is not the absence of trouble. It's the presence of Jesus. He gives himself as the answer. And whenever our life goes sideways, whenever things happen we hoped never would, when we end up places we thought we would never go, or our hiding places fail, we get to decide what our lives will be filled with in the next moment based on where we turn, based on who we look to. And if we want peace, we have to look to the Prince of Peace, Jesus. Whenever the light of this life seems to dim, whenever the darkness presses in on us, the way out is trust. To receive what he's already offered, already given. Because in Jesus, we have nothing to lose and everything to gain. In any circumstance, positive or negative. You know, as we continue in our journey of Advent toward Christmas, I want to put a question before you and I, just a process, even today. Where do you need to receive rather than achieve? Where do you need to rest rather than resist? Rest in Jesus rather than resist the troubles in the world. Simply rest in Him and those things that are beyond our control. To receive His peace rather than strive to achieve something of a lesser form. The peace of Christ is not simply peace and quiet. Don't, don't get me wrong. There is trouble that comes along with following Jesus. There are, hardship, there are hardships and things that come our way. But in those spaces, we can still lay hold of peace. We can have peace in the midst of it. Because the peace is not found in, in hiding from trouble, but abiding and resting and even hiding in Jesus for what is now and what is next. So where are you tempted to hide from rather than hide in, abide in? Where do you need to receive peace rather than try to achieve peace? See, knowing that his peace comes through prayer, I want to end our time by creating space to simply do that, a space to talk to God. And I invite you in this time to consider where you need to receive peace in your life, where you need to hide in him rather than hide from a problem or hide from troubles you experience. To, to be filled to overflowing with joy, with peace, and with hope. And so I'm going to actually start us off in a prayer, and then I'm just going to create a space of a few moments of silence. I'll come back and pray for us before we step into worship and song again. But in these next few moments, I invite you to talk to him, to lay hold of his peace. If you don't know where you need to receive his peace, if you don't know what to do, just ask him. And be willing in this space to listen and to receive. Let him speak to you. Maybe even follow the pattern in Philippians 4 of, of taking your trouble to him, thanking him for what he's done, but 
then just be ready to receive his peace because he gives it. So let me start us in prayer, give you a few moments in silence, and then I'll close out our time in prayer once again. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, today we worship you. We come before you in the name of Jesus who gives us his peace. In these next few moments, speak to each one of us where we need to receive Jesus as the answer, where we need to seek his presence rather than avoid or hide trouble, hide from trouble. May you use these few moments to speak to each of my brothers and sisters right now. my friends with joy and peace as they trust in you so they may overflow with hope by the power of your Holy Spirit in this Advent season. I pray this in your name.
tear down coming after me there's no shadow you won't light up mountain you won't climb up coming after me there's no wall you won't kick down lie you won't tear down coming after me
Because of God's great love for us, He has given us Jesus. And Jesus offers us peace like we can never know outside of relationship with Him. I'm so grateful for the peace of Jesus. And it's our prayer that you have experienced and encountered His peace in a very real way. 
today and that it marks your season of Advent in phenomenal ways in the days ahead. As part of Heritage, one of the things I really love is that we get to be a people who are offering peace, the peace of Jesus, to those around us and, and those who are part of Heritage in really tangible ways. And Josh, I know that you get to invest in some really cool ways of helping us do just that. I'd love for you to share with all of us some of what you get to be a part of in these days. Yeah, so over the last nine months or so, I've had the privilege of being able to kind of lean into some care, pastoral care, congregational care type ministries. And it's been such a great thing to see uh, all of our team come together and just love and serve people well. And I'm not just even talking about the pastoral team here at Heritage. I'm talking about uh, people in the church body who have leaned in and just have done some really uh, just crazy loving things. And, And so it's been fun to see all of that kind of come to fruition and see the city's love through the church. And it, it's wide ranging. I mean, there, there's just been so many different avenues of care that have happened. I think you know, COVID has amplified things that were already present uh, in our culture um, or in relationship. And, and one of the things that I've even seen is uh, COVID has sort of amplified fracture in marriage relationships. And so we've had to come alongside and journey with several couples who, you know, are just trying to figure things out. And we have marriage mentors who have come alongside and just love people well. And it's been so fun to see that happen and just to see healing and growth as a result of that. Uh, We have been able to partner with two area schools, Jefferson Elementary and Thurgood Marshall in Rock Island. And uh, to be able to kind of pack food, twice a month and, and to supply food to families. Uh, about I think it's about 75 families that we're servicing. And it's just, it's a lot of fun, not only to see the food go out, but to see heritage family members come in and pack that food and just to see everybody kind of get on board and, and love well. Uh, we've been kind of leaning into some phone calls and some care cards as it relates to prayer requests and you know, requests to, to talk with maybe a pastor or mentor. Uh, there's just been have a, been a wide ranging uh, amount of things that have been happening uh, as it relates to care. And it's been fun to watch people just come alongside of others who maybe are hurting, maybe just need a little extra support in the season and, uh, and just to show Jesus well in that. Yeah, I think you and I were talking a little earlier and we could we, we are aware of over a thousand people that we're journeying with in some tangible, caring way right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even uh, thinking about uh, some of the stuff that we have done uh, over the COVID journey where, you know, we've, we've had some hospital encouragers uh, send cards out to our healthcare workers. And that's been just a tremendous uh, encouragement to those teams that receive those cards. And we, I mean, we've got teams like that functioning in a variety of different ways. Even, you know, Uh, And I know we don't, it's not fun to talk about this, but even like end of life stuff, or we've had some families encounter loss in this season. And we have a church body who has come alongside and offered support and uh, sent flowers or sent cards and just shown support in the midst of a difficult situation. Yeah, and you know, you are part of each and every one of these stories, each and every one of these examples of people encountering and living into God's great peace for them. 
Every time you give to the Ministries of Heritage, you're helping to fuel these kinds of opportunities and so much more. So for those of you who have given, thank you. Thanks for being part of that. For those of you who have been looking for opportunities to do so, again, we encourage you to check us out at heritageqc.com or use the Church Center app to, to give and find out more about who we are and what it looks like to connect here. Maybe as Pastor Josh was talking, you felt like you have some of those same needs that he identified. Spaces in your relationships, in your marriage, places where you need to speak with a pastor for a little while and get connected in meaningful community. We can help you do that. In fact, we wanna help you do that. If you go to heritageqc.com and click on the connect tab, you can fill out a communication card that will get you connected with a member of our team and they'll help you get connected. Uh, you can also fill that out on the Church Center app. And again, a member of our team will follow up with you in the days ahead. Maybe you want to be part of one of these awesome teams who are serving in our cities and beyond. Again, you can find all of that information in those locations as well. Know that whatever you're facing today, our prayer is that the God of peace would go before you, that you would experience him in very real ways today and every day. We're praying for you, and we believe God's very best is yet to come for you and for all of us together. We look forward to seeing you soon. I am your all my day. Jesus, I am you. I am.